0: Tuesday, November sixth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris And Joining me in studio today, down from the first floor at Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. In the house, good to see you, my friend. Up from the first floor. Uh, up from the first up floor. Up from the first floor. Right. Uh, we, you know what? We're doing something. We're a little... here in
1: the towers. Today, you know, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. We're doing something a little different today because it's Election Day here in the United States of America. We have dozens of listeners. Uh, a few, many of, the...
1: of whom don't even know. But it's an election day? Well, I was so just
0: going to say- public service? Yeah, exactly. In good. case you're wondering, it's election day. Um, but, you know, we have some some folks uh, elsewhere in the world who maybe aren't as, as plugged in. But we thought we would, for today's podcast, take a step back from what's happening on Wall Street, um, talk about the election through the lens of Nate Silver, who was our guest on the Motley Fool Money radio show a couple of weeks back. And for those who don't know, Nate Silver- Uh, is a guy who is a numbers cruncher. Uh, He analyzes polling data for the New York Times. He has his own blog, which is just 538.com. Um, and he was our guest on on the Motley Fool Money radio show. So we're going to play a couple of clips from that. Uh, before we do that, I've got to give a quick shout-out to uh, one of our listeners, Jason Enneking, in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, Jason is the reason that uh, you, Bill, and our producer, Matt Greer, who's on the other side of the glass, and I are fully caffeinated right now because he very graciously sent me
1: uh, a Starbucks gift card. So thank you, Jason uh, in, in my defense, I was pretty caffeinated before this additional <laughs> cup of coffee, which I appreciate, appreciate Jason.
0: Yeah, now now you're over right. the top. Um, so when I had the chance to sit down and talk with Nate Silver, he has a new book out, uh, The Signal and the Noise. Uh, we talked about a bunch of topics, uh, including the stock market and, and sort of analyzing data related to investing, related to weather patterns. Um, but eventually we got around to political polling, and certainly there's no shortage of polling that has gone on over the last few months. Uh, The first clip we want to play is Nate uh, talking about uh, some of the misconceptions within polling and and some of the things to essentially beware of when you're looking at political polling data.
2: I think people maybe ought to be more skeptical of polling data in general. Uh, One thing people don't realize is that right now, even if you use top-notch industry standard methodology, meaning you do call people who have cell phones, for example, you're still only getting about 10% of the people to respond <laughs> to your interviews, right? Um, so I worry a lot about that. That one year uh, we're going to have some epic disaster <laughs> in the polling. You know, there's there's also more and more evidence now that you have um, pollsters who kind of herd and cheat off one another, right? So they want to stay in in consensus, and so what that happens is that's the same phenomenon that pr- that can produce you know crashes and and behavior like that. In the market, where you can have these kind of fat tail risks where just everyone gets it wrong because they're all looking at one another for, for who the leader is. Do you come across that, Bill, when you're looking at investing,
0: when you're either as an individual investor or as part of the Motley Fool asset management team? That whole notion of hurting, and we, and we do see this, we talk about this from time to time the notion that there are stocks that just get all this momentum behind them, and I'm wondering. If that's something that that you view as, if not a red flag, certainly something that occasionally factors into your thinking and maybe makes you back off an investment.
1: Uh, I'll I'll answer that in a question first. I, I want to just uh, highlight something that that Nate said, which is that apparently. To become like top notch polling, you just you have to include people who have cell phones. Right, <laughs> like that's the bar that gets you to a top notch pollster. Is you remember to include people who have cell phones in your data, and and I guess that does go to just how inadequate some of the polls may be. Now, now you know there are a lot of, of polls, and and they're of varying quality. So um, the polls at this point are. Predicting a certain outcome today, which we won't reveal for anybody who doesn't pay any attention to the news. <laughs> uh, but but you know, th- there are some polls that are more valuable than others, and apparently it, it takes less than we would think to to get into the more reputable poll Absolutely. category. Um, that said, that's it also takes less than you would think to be uh, a, a more valuable analyst. You know, in Wall Street there there are, is enormous consensus as. Uh, among analysts on Wall Street as to what the quarterly and yearly earnings of a company will be, uh, and th- there's not that much differentiation to a large degree. So there is a herd mentality, certainly that that we confront and and are up against in a, in a sense up against as as investors. But you can use that to your advantage. Um, you know, a most successful uh, investors are certainly almost by definition. If they are beating the market, they are going against consensus. They are being contrarian. There are a n- number of ways to do that. Uh, Motley Fool Asset Management, we you know pursue a value strategy, which is attempting to be contrary about you know the valuation of companies, um, and is uh, do we really don't incorporate any of the momentum um, that that certain traders, for the most part, are are looking uh, towards. So I mean that is something. You could say we take advantage of it by avoiding um, a lot of momentum stocks.
0: Nate Silver is uh, someone that I follow on Twitter, and uh, it's been ever since I interviewed him. I've sort of been paying more attention to him, not only on Twitter, but sort of as he has become uh, not just someone who analyzes polling data; he's also become part of the news over the last few weeks as. There have been some people who don't like the results that he's publishing when he says, well, look, in in my model, here's the probability outcome I'm seeing in individual states, in the country as a whole. He's sort of gotten attacked. And and I think part of it has to do with this disconnect that some people have in terms of what he's doing versus what the polling companies are doing, where he's basically just coming up with a model – Uh, that ends up with uh, the predictability, or rather the probability of an outcome. Uh, And one of the things he wrote today uh, on Twitter was, uh, important to note that uh, we have President Obama as around a 90% favorite to win the election. That doesn't mean we're predicting a landslide. We expect a close election. Um, And that's something you and I were talking about earlier, just the whole notion of, look, just because something is predicted to have 80% 80% probability, that doesn't mean it's a lock. Of course, there's that means that one in five times, that's just not going to happen.
1: Right, yeah. When you hear there's 80% chance of rain, if you're using a good meteorologist, they're they're looking at the data and they're saying, you know, four times out of five, it's going to rain under these conditions. You know, and if, if that's the forecast every day of the week, one of the days you're not going to get rain, even though there's 80% chance on that individual day that you would. Uh, but I think the people that attack... Silver's work, they're probably not even attacking his work. They're probably not making themselves very familiar with his, um, with what he's doing in terms of aggregating the data and modeling it. Uh, They have an outcome that they want, some of the people who are attacking him. It's not the outcome he's predicting, and so they are using ad hominem attacks, which are not based upon his work, but upon their desire to undermine his, his credibility. Oh, he's on the New York Times. Of course he's going to predict this. You can look at national polls that show uh, a tied or a very, very close electorate across the nation. As people know by now, that doesn't really matter, you know, since uh, the electoral votes are, are what determines things. So close wins in big states uh, outweigh you know a landslide in in Texas or California, or you know things like that,
0: all right, so for folks who are listening to this before the results come in tonight here here's a little tip because I did ask him what he's going to be watching on election night to give him an indication of which way the election is going to go because let's face it the networks the broadcast networks the cable networks they they want to call it right and so they're more likely to. Just sit back and wait until they have, if not all the results, certainly most of the results in. So I wanted to know what Silver was going to be watching on election night to tell him whether it was going to be a good night for President Obama or a good night for Governor Romney.
2: Usually, if there's an error in the polling in one state, um, then there'll be errors in other states as well. So, you know, the states that have on the East Coast, New Hampshire and Virginia, if the numbers are going pretty well according to what the pre election polls said, then then whoever was favored in those polls will go from um, go from being kind of a 90% favored ever to, to close to 100% pretty fast. Um, whereas if you see things are not coming in as the polls expect, as your prior expectations are, then the uncertainty increases a lot. Uh, if you heard
0: the interview on the Motley Fool Money radio show, he went on to basically say, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm reading a little bit between the lines of what he said, but he, I, I took what he then went on to say as, I'm going to call this election before the networks are. So when I'm watching the results come in tonight, I'm going to have the TV on, but I'm going to have FiveThirtyEight.com. I'm going to have Nate Silver's blog pulled up because I'm pretty sure he's going to call the results of the election before any of the networks do.
1: Well, he'll yeah he'll update the probabilities I guess as states are are called or as early votes come in, and you you know whereas a network may be uh, reticent to call. In an individual state, much less the whole election, what are you going to be watching?
0: Uh, I tend to click around a lot because I have no patience for commercials. So I will I will just be clicking up and down the dial. And again, I'll have 538.com up in the computer. What about you?
1: Well, you could try that PBS thing. Uh, PBS of. is it's apparently uh, lighter on commercials. <laughs>
0: it is lighter on commercials. But, you know, PBS, again, you, they're serious, and then sometimes there's— That's the word I was trying to come up with, and I couldn't come up with it. See, I can always count on a Yale grad to come up with the right word. Uh, Matt Greer, can we just bring you in from the other side of the glass for a second? Uh, What are you going to be watching tonight? It can be a state. It could be an individual issue. And I'll just throw one other thing out there that that has nothing to do with national politics. Locally here in the D.C. area, I'm going to be watching this ballot initiative in Maryland, question 7. Which, if it passes, as I understand it, means that a casino is going to open about five minutes away from Full Headquarters. That's basically what I'm taking that to mean. So that's one. We'll thing be I'm running on- a shuttle. <laughs> we will be running a shuttle. Uh, but Mac, what are you going to be watching tonight? I think whoever wins Virginia is going to win the election, and I also think that there's a very good chance that I'm completely wrong. About <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's going to be one of those guys? Because I've heard people um, who I respect a great deal say, "Hey, look." This is not even going to be over by midnight. It's not even going to be over by 6 a.m. Wednesday. And I just hope against hope that they are dead wrong. I'm hoping that it's not going to be one of those all-nighters. What, when do you think it's going to get called? 10.48 Eastern Time. Whoa. All right. There you go. There you go. Dozens America. Of America and the world. Dozens of listeners. You heard it here first. Matt Greer calling it 10.48 p.m. Eastern. You're welcome.
1: You're allowed to go to sleep then. <laughs>
0: Bill Barker from Motley Fool Asset Management for more information you can go to foolfunds.com thanks for being here as always people thanks, on the Chris. program may have interest in the stocks they talk about which didn't come up today since or we are the did, candidates we, we They may talk. have
1: interest in the candidates some some here may already have voted
0: i did already vote in new york yeah vote early vote often that's my motto by the way jim gillies who was on the podcast yesterday and uh, is from lives in in what he calls Guelph, which claims
1: to be from Canada,
0: claims to be from Canada was wearing right before I came in the studio. He's sitting there. He's wearing an I voted sticker smugly. I'm just smugly. and, And I'm thinking there's voter fraud. There's a guy coming across the border from Canada into America to vote.
1: Contact the authorities. America. And the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations
0: for against. As I just continue on with the disclaimer, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. I promise we'll talk about stocks tomorrow. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.